WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Are all ghosts the same? What does the idea of ancient aliens do to the modern idea of God? And what were Ben and I doing in that documentary? Hey there, and welcome to the 468th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those extremely diverse questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, uh, we offer you an open line show in a no doubt vain attempt to catch up on our uh, emails. And... If you'd like to comment on any of them or have a question uh, of your own, call us at 248-545-7685. Again, that is 248-545-7685. Okay, so let's hop to it. Uh, we moved some to the front of the line. We don't like to do that, but this weekend had the debut of this new Warner Brothers film, The Conjuring. And a lot of people were wanting to comment on our presence in the documentary that accompanied the film, so I thought I'd, we'd better get that out of the way <laughs> right now. This one is from Jim in Lorain, Ohio. Pretty so Jim writes to us. Hi guys, I am a longtime fan, and it would be and it was so cool to see you in the Conjuring video. I just played it on YouTube and did not expect to see you. Uh, what do you think of the movie, Paul? I know you worked with the Warrens. Did you work on that case? Uh, keep up the cool work, and Ben, you are growing up. Well, I'd, I'd hope so. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I'd really strange I'd, if you were still like like sixteen, no beard. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, uh, let's get this over with. Um, the Conjuring film, of course, everybody probably knows about it. Debuted on Friday, and this video is on various media. I don't really understand it. YouTube, of course, and all this business. Ben could explain it. Um, what do you think of the movie? Well, we didn't see the movie. Um, we didn't get any kind of preview of it or anything I, I i literally just got asked to go see it with some friends and i maybe just, you should go see it so you can no <laughs> no plausible deniability well i don't know well suit yourself but i i had to go see people were asking about the exorcist for two years before i actually saw it or what about that whole thing with uh, the blair witch project oh my gosh well that's another story <laughs> for another day but yeah, anyway yeah. anyway uh so i don't i can't answer the first question uh jim uh, Paul, I know you worked with the Warrens. Did you work on that case? Well, I'll be honest with you, Jim, um, and I'll get this out of the way, too. Uh, my relationship with the Warrens was uh, a very close personal one. Uh, they were like a second family to me. And then this is the period 1972 to 1978 when we kind of drifted apart over theory and method. Uh, they kind of stuck to this, uh, what I consider an older view that most people do stick to. Uh, we are voices crying in the wilderness and um but it was a very interesting relationship on the on the other hand there i i there was a lot of things i i questioned and of course that was um one of the reasons we kind of drifted apart but we, it was it was on good terms and i was very sorry to hear that ed uh, translated several years ago and i have nothing but good feeling for lorraine who was a, one of the sweetest people i've ever met uh, did i work on that case no i did not i really now again, this is this is was supposedly in 1971, this case occurred, and ironically, it's supposed I've heard that it occurred in Harrisville, Rhode Island, which is 
maybe just a few miles from where we live. But I was not really familiar with whatever case it was. Now, of course, it's difficult to tell from the film because it's all fictionalized and who knows. But I never heard them, as far as I can remember, if they, maybe they did, but I just don't remember, mentioned to me, the Warrens mentioned to me that there had ever been a case where they had not been able to deal with it or Lorraine wouldn't go back. And uh, I get that she might have done, but I, I just don't remember any mention of that. So coming in like a year after this occurred, uh, I would have thought I would have heard about it, but who knows? And they work on worked on a lot of different cases. Um, so I, I just I just wasn't familiar with, with this case. Um, okay, keep up the cool work. Ben, you are growing up. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Well, thank you for writing, Jim. No better than growing down. Yeah, and there were a lot of emails we're not going to read on this subject. This these pretty much answered. That, uh, yeah, that was uh, just really answered the question. Uh, however, here's another one. This is from Richard in Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay, Richard writes to us. Hi, guys. Uh, I saw The Conjuring on Friday, and it was enough to make me give up ghost hunting. Good. Uh, do you know anything about the real case behind the movie, and have you ever had a case like that? Uh, do you have cases where you would let you or you would never go back to the house? What uh, do you do if you actually live in a house like that? Uh, what became of the family? I'm sorry, but I didn't give you a chance to. Because you wouldn't have been in a position to answer them. Well, anyway. No. Um, do you know anything about the real case? Well, no, I, I already answered that. Have you ever had a case like that? Well, if we didn't know what what the case was, then how could we say if we <laughs> know what's well, the, something like it? Seeing the movie, I, mean, I have some idea. Obviously, there are uh, clips of it in the documentary and all this business. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, I, I, certainly not. Um, these things are, are well. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. They're they're Hollywood yeah, tends I mean, to take take a story and run with it. Yeah. Because they say based on a true story, but that's extremely, extremely loosely based. Exactly. It's I mean, true. it may it, the house may have the same name. Uh, yeah. then the, then they'll say, oh, it's based on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it it's yeah. I've learned a lot in uh, my media history courses where they say. Yeah, yeah, it's based on a true story, and then it's like, based. Based doesn't mean that it is the actual story. That could be just the, the, the vaguest idea. That, oh, that yeah. From the story. You know, I'm thinking, too, of, of movies like Reanimator, uh, which was, was supposedly based on our distant cousin, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's oh, yeah. story, uh, Herbert West, Reanimator. Yeah. Not one of his best stories. But the film is 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 so loosely based on it that, I mean, Lovecraft would have been horrified, and would there, there's... Practically no relationship between what was actually in the story. Same thing with the Dunwich Horror. Never Dunwich actually saw that one. Uh, yeah, well, oh, that was a, I don't know, I suppose I call it a B movie, but well, one of his greatest stories, and I didn't see any relationship between the movie and the story. But again, not being familiar with the case, I really couldn't say. However, the dramatics, the uh, horror shots, and things like this. I mean, naturally, you have, you have to, you, you can't, you're not, you can't expect Hollywood to do scientifically accurate if there is any such thing or at um, least tell the truth yeah exactly um but i mean or what is the truth i don't know but but i just have never had a case kind of like that the closest one i had was a poltergeist case in 75 in new haven connecticut that that was um, probably the one of the craziest things i ever saw but it was obviously people weren't you know doing this stuff and this thing and, but but i have seen people thrown across the room. I, the, the little girl in the, in the 1974 Bridgeport Poltergeist case on which I was working with the Warrens uh, was thrown across the room on several occasions. As a matter of fact, I remember standing behind her chair in the kitchen, very small house, 
She was in the chair. I was behind the chair. The chair rose up by itself. I grabbed it and pushed it back down. And it was as though I felt something let go. Now, again, we've speculated on these things many times about what causes this. Is it the entities causing this? Uh, one thing I don't believe is that this is mad dead people. I think in, in the, every case I've ever seen where this is going on, it's been... Okay, are we... No, no, no. Uh, okay. Sorry, I, I couldn't... I, signal no, there. I couldn't do math for a second. Okay, well, that's a good thing you're... you're yeah, because what's 9 minus 13? For some reason, I thought 3. And then I was like, no, wait, 2. And then I said 4. So, 4. Well, moving right along, uh, what we were de dealing with here was... was uh, you know, there are real poltergeist phenomena, although I don't see the reasons behind them that everybody else in the, in the documentary saw. The documentary, by the way, is called The Devil's Hour. And so it is... It is uh, Satan's on fault. YouTube, YouTube and all this business. So YouTube? <laughs> YouTube, YouTube, whatever. YouTube. Uh, and it's around, so you can check it out. But uh, I don't agree, and Ben and I don't agree with most people in this no. field about this kind of thing. Uh, and having been there and seen it, I just don't interpret it the way the Warrens did, or, or probably still do. So, in any case, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Bang and salt it together. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, I have, uh, in a way, seen cases like that. And, I, and I, my memory goes back to uh, possession cases that I dealt with while a seminary student and, uh, and, and after. Uh, there were some pretty hairy moments on that. I also have different theories about that. I don't think, uh, you know, the devil is involved here. In, in the strictest popular sense of the term, we're dealing again with a race of parasitical entities who prey upon our energy. And maybe there is some thought among, I suppose, paleo-paranormal researchers, if you want to call them, that these beings farm the human race and always have. Uh, just like when you go out and, uh, like when we went out making the documentary in the woods, uh, footage that was not in the documentary, Getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. Oh, that was pretty bad. And uh, they're around, and they may just you may just walk into it, or it may be deliberate. I don't know about mosquitoes, but it's it's not a pleasant situation. And this is, I think, what's essentially the same principle. What's going on in these cases? But I've never seen a case as in the movie uh, or in the Exorcist film either. But I mean, there are there are that there are some that approximate some of the things that go on, and I have explanations I believe for those, and they're not what the other people think they are. Well, um, unless you want to really, really, really get esoteric with it and say, well, somewhere, somewhere, these cases have happened. Well, that's true. But again, what does that mean? I mean, th there may be, there are definitely, at least according to physics, worlds in which the laws of physics are different. And again, we, as we always say, they, if we, if they can be conceived of, they exist. Exist. But someone, someone actually asked a question about this. Um, if something is possible. Uh, are we when when, it, when we are apprehending it in the ultimate universe with our imaginations and our minds here? Are we interpreting it correctly? For example, uh, Charles Schultz uh, of, of the the great uh, Peanuts uh, cartoons, uh, the great cartoonist, uh, was talking about the great pumpkin all the time. Everybody gets a big kick out of that, and we've said it on one of our Halloween shows that at some point there must have been some creature, some at some point in the multiverse where. Uh, there was something approximating the, uh, that great pumpkin kind of figure, or Schultz never would have been able to imagine it, never would have, would have been able to apprehend it. But does that mean there actually is a pumpkin flying through the air bringing toys to all the children? 
you know, it may have been an interpretation in his deep subconscious when he apprehended this, and he turned it into something fun. Now, this, is, this is weird stuff, but I mean, uh, there are all kinds of things going on here. So in any case, uh, we will finish answering Richard's questions here, or trying to, after our break, and you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. Stick with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. Promise you the world again. Everything within my hands. All the riches one could dream. They will come from me. I hope that you could understand. This is not what I had planned. is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal, and we're dealing with a few questions on this open line show. Uh, up front on 
things related to the movie The Conjuring and whether I was involved with the case and all this business about uh, things that uh, go very loudly bump in the night. But uh, he, uh, We're answering a question from Richard in Manchester, New Hampshire, and his next question is, do you have cases where you would never go back to the house? No. And I've never run into anything like that, uh, where, that where something chased you. Well, no, I'll correct that. I, I have been chased out of a house once. Uh, that was in the Bridgeport Poltergeist case of 1974, where I was working with the Warrens. They had gone back to their home about 10 miles away, and I was there with the family, a reporter, a neighbor, and this sort of thing. And the thing got so powerful, I'm afraid I was partially responsible, because this is where I learned the hard way. You do not approach parasites with anger or fear and it got so either they got there were four of them got so powerful that we left the house and fortunately the police had cordoned off the streets uh, because there had been tremendous crowds gathering because this is all over the papers and uh, so I can say that we I wanted to let the energy dissipate and I didn't want anything to happen to the child because she had been thrown across the room uh, when I had had a physical altercation with one of these things and that's why where I started to believe these things are not spirits at all, that they're, they're physical entities from a parallel reality, uh, a la quantum physics. So, okay, I've been chased out once, but it, and I wasn't, we weren't allowed to go back because the cops threw us out the next day because the city was tied up in knots and they blamed Ed Lorraine Warren and, and I, I guess me too for it. But in any case, uh, other than that, I mean, I've never had a case where it's that formidable. Again, you know, these things only have power uh, when you give it to them, they feed upon your negative energy, and the more negative your household is, and uh, other things are lined up with the geotechnical factors that we talked about in the filming for the documentary, but it was not included in it. And uh, there are all sorts of factors here. And but I, it, it, it's, there's nothing that I've seen that can't be controlled to at least some extent. Uh, <clears throat> and again, uh, you're you're the one paying the mortgage, so you um, have some some say in this. Uh, here's another question from Richard. Uh, what do you do if you actually live in a house like that? Well, a house like that, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the film, and I don't know about the case. So, <clears throat> But having seen places like, uh, having seen places where people live in poltergeist cases, I would uh, continue to say what I just said. You bring in positive energy. You never let it get that bad. And, and the first thing you do when you look for an apartment or look for a new house is Check it out first. Uh, when we bought our house here in Rhode Island, which we've always loved, and which seems to return the, the compliment in, in a funny way, um, I spent some time alone, an entire day really alone in here, just sort of taking in the energies, meditating, <coughs> um, doing a little purification, and it's, it's been great. That was 16 years ago, and we've been uh, happy here ever since. So, as a result, I think you have to start in, in that way. Start at square one. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable in a place, take that seriously. Uh, I would not move into a place where I did not feel entirely comfortable. Don't say, oh, that, that's just me, or it's one of those things, or I'm like that. Your instincts are there for a reason. So, take it seriously. So that's number one. Number two, keep it positive. If you don't, whether, whether you're a person by yourself, or whether you have a family... Uh, friends, whatever, keep it positive. Stay away from negative things. Keep the humor flowing in a good sense. I always tell my boys, uh, you know, always laugh, but not at each other. Yeah, you know, we so. still laugh at each other sometimes. But well, your brothers. So yeah. But in any case, so just keep it positive. Uh, faith, humor, uh, good things, love, especially, of course. 
uh, stay together, work together. All you have is each other in the end, really, and God, of course. But um, I would say that, that that's a simple recipe uh, for harmony in any family, but particularly in a house where you, there might be some, some susceptibility to this. Uh, it, it's a good thing to do. I remember, uh, Ben, the, uh, well, you weren't involved in this case. It was the... Um, uh, sort of the old lady in the attic thing, just right here in Woonsocket. Oh, that. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, Shane Soroyce from New Hampshire, my, uh, my good friend, uh, and also uh, several other people who uh, worked with me at the time, a soil engineer and a professor, electric, electrical engineering professor from the University of Rhode Island with us. And uh, this was a very interesting case where uh, the, the people uh, experienced a, a woman uh, who would... Um, Sort of was sort of living in the house in a parallel time. Now, again, I don't believe these are dead people or don't know they're dead or all this nonsense. Uh, with all due respect to those who do, I just I just don't believe that. I've never found it to be true. If you approach it that way, that's what it's going to look like. But if you question it, you'll start to see. I believe what it really looks like. So in any case, uh, this house uh, had some negative stuff. It could have been very uh, bad situation, but the people who lived there were so positive. Then they they couldn't be touched by this. Now, oh, they'd yeah. see the rocking chair going by itself sometimes, but you know nothing really really serious. So uh, keep it positive. That's really the formula uh, for uh, success in a, in, a, in a house like that. And what became of the family is Richard's final question. Uh, I have no idea. So apparently there really is a family because they've apparently been heard from. But uh, you know I don't know really yeah. what's going. Okay, so our next question is from Diana L. in Santa Barbara, California. Alrighty, so Diana writes to us. I saw you both in that Conjuring video, and I was surprised. I have never heard of The Devil's Hour. Can you say more about it? Well, okay. we did do a show about it. but well, Yeah, we did do a show about it. It was two weeks ago. Uh, check our podcast for this month. Yeah, to make a long story short, but we'll give you a uh, little abbreviated version on that. Well, we didn't make a long story short in a day and a half of filming. And naturally, you know, I never expected, I'm sure I speak for Ben, we never expected that this would be some sort of, of, of thoughtful approach to the subject of the film. Uh, now, this Devil's Hour, which, and I've had a couple of people wrote and said, you know, I never heard of that. Would you get that? You know, are you uh, selling out to the, to the um, feral ghost types. I don't know. Of course not. There is in the folklore virtually every country a realization that at this particular time of the night, 3, 3.15 or in the movie it's 3.07 that uh, things get can get weird. There are a number of reasons for that. As I, as I say in a day and a half of filming for this documentary we went into great uh, detail about things like the telluric current it's an electric current, well known to science since the middle of the 19th century, that follows the sun. So if you know, you're just before sunrise, it's going to be strong because it follows the sun. It runs along the surface of the earth or just underneath. It runs along the surface of the sea. And th this uh, certainly teams up with our own bioelectric field uh, to connect us with, uh, I, in my opinion, uh, the parallel realities that are around us all the time anyway. The, we're usually too busy or noisy to notice. And that we do notice as part of our greater selves, so to speak. The whole, our, our whole philosophy of the paranormal revolves around that. And again, check the show out on our podcast page at BehindTheParanormal.com to listen to that whole show. But we'll get into detail about it. So there really is such a thing as that. But of course, uh, as anybody might point out who's experienced paranormal things, Ben, there's certainly people experience things at all hours of the day and night. Well, yeah, as... Uh... I did say, I, it's just, it, 
I think it's the uh, connotation of it where people notice it more often because well, yeah, it's because it, yeah, I was gonna say it's quiet. People are usually asleep. There's not much activity on Except the streets. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I well, I get most of my most stuff I need to do done at night for yeah. some reason. But anyway, yeah. For mo- for normal people who aren't us, <laughs> they uh, it's quieter. There's less traffic outside, so you know it's easier to notice these things. Yeah, it is. So. A lot of it is circumstantial. So in any case, uh, I, I would just say that, you know, it's yeah, a I mean, thing. It's, it's sometimes called the oh, yeah. reaching hour and this and that and things do happen. But uh, I remember in the Bridgeport house with the Warrens that, and we were there for the better part of two and a half days and at night and the whole business of eating any sleep was off. And uh, there were, you know, things around that time would happen. But the, with the poltergeist case, such as I... I presume is depicted in this this conjuring movie things you know it, it it'll break out and then it'll kind of wind down it's like it needs to eat more in order to get more energy and again some of the, sometimes these things work in packs in the bridgeport house there was there were four in my opinion and in in the follow the following year in this really awful case in new haven connecticut there were six uh and they had pretty much by the time i got in there kind of run down but they were still pretty strong it was very interesting but again you know you don't I don't know. I've never seen, uh, you know, gross out figures, you know, behind people's shoulders or in mirrors or anything like that. But, you know, there are things that approximate that on a much lower scale, uh, that, you know, this sort of thing. Uh, what goes on in people's minds may be something different because there are psychiatric factors going on here and uh, various um, various things that, that, that really make every case unique. So anyway, uh, yeah, you were surprised to see us. A lot of people didn't like the fact we were in there. That, you know, what do you mean? Well, I guess there's some criticism that, uh, you know, are you selling out? What are you guys doing with those those people? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't. You know, I mean, I worked with them in the past. What am I going to What am I going to do? And the reason, as I said, we don't work together now. And, or, or, and you know, I honestly, about well, I didn't know who else was in that documentary. I like, didn't I, either. Yeah, I mean, if, for I've all heard of the, the two of them, the psychic and the ghost hunter guy. But, yeah, I, don't, I have no clue who they are. We don't know them. Anyway, so so enough of that. So if you have any more questions, don't hesitate to write, but I think we'll, we'll leave that. Okay. Um, and I, I'm afraid we'll probably have to cover some questions tomorrow night on that so the other audience will hear Right. Anyway, this is from Tracy in Missoula, Montana. Alrighty. So uh, Tracy writes to us, uh, I'm not good at uh, being brief, but I've had experiences with past life flashbacks from old world Europe, uh, which changed my knowledge or beliefs in uh in what eternity was and in what terms or in what uh the afterlife and uh humans on earth are uh what is your take on eternity and what's possible uh share if you like thanks i call them flashbacks uh because uh but there are but they are more like stories of our genetic past via the spirit realms you want to start with that one huh okay i guess not well uh, let me let me just uh, gather my thoughts on it first. Okay, I'll start that. Because uh, uh, I'm not good at being brief uh, either, Tracy. So, um, okay, well, all right, let, let's take this from the beginning. Um, has had experience with past life flashbacks from old world Europe. Okay. Well, people have asked us many times, and we've done whole shows on this, on reincarnation. Okay. I don't believe in it in the classic sense of life death, rebirth, life, death, rebirth, um, because as, um, well, Einstein, among others, 
proved essentially, I think, that time doesn't exist that way. There is no past. There is no future. It's all simultaneous. And in one or another world in the multiverse, we're living every, I suppose, microsecond of our lives and everybody else's. And again, this gets into our philosophy about this. Indeed. So what I would say is that um, you have to get our framework straight before we even answer these questions. So uh, past life flashbacks from old world Europe, they, in, in our opinion, would be experience, not flashbacks, but experiences of parallel lives in what is still old world Europe, go, or to us would be old world Europe, that are going on simultaneously. So I will leave it at that because we're coming up on another break and we'll let them comment after the break. But anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We will be right back after the break. Stick with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And believe it or not, we are back to our emails <laughs> that we have finally gotten a chance to go through, sort of. And we'll see us see how far we can get. So uh, let's get right back to um, wh- whose email was ah Tracy. For some reason, I thought that was an M. So it'd be Marcy, but that's incorrect. <laughs> so Tracy, Tracy's email here. Macy, anyway, Ma- Tracy from Missoula, Montana. Yes. Thank you for writing again. And we're working our way through uh, her email. And she's talking about experiencing past life flashbacks from old world Europe. And I, I express the opinion that these are not anything like that these are actually parallel world experiences from lives you're living right now in yeah. to us here would be old world well it's weird because in our culture we see time as or in the west really time is just a singular stream like a linear yeah yeah like just entirely linear i mean that nothing's more evident than in the than in the movie see, like the trilogy of back to the future where it's you go back and Ooh. forth back and forth it's like you get on a train and just go back and forth whereas that's really not right because it's more like you get on a plane and you just go all over the place. Well, there's the the grandfather conundrum, you know, the uh, this problem that is the classic conundrum cited in or the time paradox problem. You know, you go back in time somehow and you shoot your own grandfather. Therefore, how can you be born? Well, it doesn't work that way. You shoot your own grandfather, and according to most interpretations of quantum mechanics, you create another universe in which in You'd... which you weren't born. Yeah. But the one in which you were doesn't change. Right. Uh, hence all the, the, hence the multiverse. You know, billions and billions and billions and billions, probably an infinite number of all possibilities, all probabilities that really exist and many of in, in which many of you exist. See, Hollywood ruins a lot of things. Well, they don't understand anything. No, Most they just don't. they just they just I care about ratings. I haven't seen it. You know. Mm. Well, in any case, uh, so what you're probably so you are living as most of all of us are probably in old world Europe at some point in the multiverse, sometime, somewhere, somewhere. And uh, Tracy mentions that this changed her knowledge or beliefs in what eternity was in terms of the afterlife and humans on this planet. Well, I, I should hope it would uh, change your attitude. It should change everyone's attitude. It should really open things up. And uh, people have asked, well, what is the nature of these other lives? Well, I think that here in this current consciousness, they are part of our subconscious. But in those lives... In, take any one, and there you're conscious there, and what you hear are in the subconscious there. It's really a rather elegant and open system that interacts rather beautifully, I think. Uh, and of course, the, the, the lives you're, whatever consciousness you're in any given place or time, your, uh, whatever lives I should say, your consciousness is in touch with, kind of determines the person that you are. Mm. So negative people, parasitical people, um, People who delight in the suffering of others or think only of themselves, which is you know, really a very primitive level, are probably in touch with their negative selves. And among these negative selves are parasites. I, I later came to realize with, with a chill that the parasite I had a physical altercation with in 1974 in that house in Bridgeport, Connecticut, was an aspect of myself and vice versa. And I think that in the possession cases that I worked on as a seminary student and later on in, um, as a graduate student in psychology were parasites who had found the bond, 
mutual bond between themselves and the, the, the person they were quote-unquote possessing. Because I always found that the possessed person had to make a conscious, even if in a very small way, agreement to bond with this other creature. Mm. And I think that they that was through the, the mutual bond across the, the boundaries of the worlds where they were one. You know, it's really rather it's a lot spookier than, than the themes of some of these movies. Like, Dra it's like Dracula. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole new idea, I suppose, of the vampire thing. Because that's where the idea of the vampire came from, ancient people. So See, now Warner. if they could find a way to make money on it, then the idea will become popular. Well, that's up to our friends at Warner Brothers. I don't know. So, in any case, uh, sure, it should change your your your, your uh, idea, Tracy. But it's not so much an afterlife as it is just plain life. And humans on this planet are all living it. Sometimes that you know, with an identity. Uh, here's um. Tracy's next question, what is your take on eternity and what's possible? I, I think that what I just said explains that. All things are possible. They're not only possible, they're real in one or another parallel world. And when they impinge upon our worlds, they, they all, they, a lot of them blend all the time. That's how we experience the, the progression of time, which is nothing but a function of our consciousness. It has no objective reality. Because the question is, what is objective reality in this sense? So all things are possible. And uh, there you go. Uh, gen and, and the last thing that uh, Tracy mentions is genetic past via the spirit realms. Now, this has come up before, Ben. Remember, remember the – I can't remember the guest. We were talking about – oh, no, it was, it was – um, not Graham Hancock. Um, his name escapes. A famous guy. We love him. He was a great guest. Uh, but I'm having a senior moment. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah. So. Uh, we're talking about the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. Oh, yeah, that was Graham Hancock. That wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, he knows Graham Hancock. Oh, right. No, this, this is the younger fellow. Uh, not the, I don't know, whatever. Whatever. Uh, we were talking about that. And the whole idea of, okay, well, I look like, not me, but the, the guest, is, someone else, a third party has said that he looks like Edgar Cayce, you know, the great uh, psychic and seer uh, from Virginia of, of the early part of the 20th century. That he was the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, and uh, one of the one of the uh, byproducts of that is that he looks like him. So I brought up uh, the I don't think illogical point that doesn't DNA of your parents have something to do with what you look like? Yeah. You know, were you related to him? Apparently not. Uh, so anyway, I, I don't know this whole thing of the this the so-called spirit realms affecting uh, what you know you look like. Well, what are spirit past. realms? Well, that's the thing. Well, again, it's another name. It, it, the, the human mind experiences things, interprets things that it encounters in the multiverse that in ways explain. that it can understand yeah. from, from the limited framework and the very, very limited logic or illogic of the Western mind or any mind. And I think that that's, it comes across that the, the only thing this could be, are the, these could be our spirits. You see somebody who you just attended their funeral. Aha! It's their spirit. It's got to be a ghost, and you don't think that it, that it's the person. You know, you know, you're you're having a cross experience with with a parallel world where the person never died. Yeah, uh, and they're they're doing just fine. And even if they interact with you, and there can be messages given, there can be things, but of course, very often that is parasites pretending to be people you know because they know you're you know that we're naive enough to accept that interpretation. So there's a, there's a whole world behind this. And uh, the, I, I don't like the term spirit realm simply because I don't like the term spirit realms. It reeks of this 19th century spiritualism that I think is not 
the right interpretation of what's really going on here and really limits us in this incredible cosmic journey that we're always talking about. It ties us down to old-time ideas that are unbelievably limited and prevents us from seeing the real glory of what's actually going on here. So, anyway, I hope that some of that answers your questions, Tracy, and thank you for writing. All right, here's another one. This is for, oh, this is about shapeshifters. Okay, that's a big topic. And uh, there is no name and no place and no email, but there goes. Alrighty, so Blank writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. I was wondering if you know anything about shapeshifters. Do they exist? Have you seen any? And how does it work? Could Bigfoot be a shapeshifter? Many natives think so. Well, no, they, you, you've been down on the reservation. What do you think? Well, I mean, I have heard stories of skinwalkers, which are essentially a Native American version of uh, uh, werewolves. Um, but Bigfoot, I haven't really heard anything about him being a shapeshifter. I mean, I've some well, I, I diff it, it, well, different tribes have different stories for what it actually is. I mean, mm. some some say he's guardian of forests. Some say that he's uh, some interdimensional creature. Some say that he's a shapeshifter. But, of course, then, wh why can't Bigfoot have different jobs? Or whatever. Uh, well, that's oh, the only... Like that's the only uh, no, 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 no. Let me, let me explain myself. Okay. Let me explain myself. So, why can't it have different functions? Like, yeah. like certain things have different have different functions. Why can't different manifestations or whatever Bigfoot have different functions? Well, I've heard, oh, I know we're not answering the question, but it's an interesting well, conversation. You, uh, I have heard you, I believe, if you, if I may say, express a, the opinion that I've heard from other people that uh, Bigfoot is really a rather sophisticated thinker and has a, a profound civilization, albeit a rustic lifestyle. Well, yeah. Then, if that's true, then they can have different jobs. For lack of better words. Yeah, or different responsibilities. Responsibilities, yes. Different Whatever. Ways that they serve uh, Perhaps. collective bias. Of course, we don't really know this for certain, no. but hey, but, you know, why it's, not? Fun, it's fun to speculate. It's always fun to speculate. That's true. Indeed. But the whole notion of shapeshifters uh, is, is an interesting one. Is it possible? How does it happen? What's going on here? And uh, that tradition is is present, that theme is present in, in just about every culture that I'm aware of. The shift, the, the, the transformation of the visual form of one being into the visual form of, of uh, another being or, or another form. And of course, looking at the multiverse, as we've been discussing, uh, that is entirely possible. And I think that there, there certainly are species I've run into in my travels, who are very who do not exist in our conscious world, but exist in, in neighboring worlds of the multiverse, if you will, and they seem very able uh, to take different forms or to communicate to us different forms. There is a connection I uh, have who has supposedly been involved with uh, alien research on the level of official level. Of and they said that, that the, the various tissue that supposedly was taken from alien bodies after certain crashes of alleged UFOs uh, would become whatever the scientists wanted it to be. They would, uh, if, if, you, if one scientist interpreted, say, the vision, uh, not the vision, but, but the, the, the tissue under a microscope or in, in certain tests or whatever, 
as uh, animal. It would be animal. If someone else came in at a different time and interpreted it as vegetable or neither, that's what it would appear to be. It would do, supposedly, whatever people expected it to do. And that might be some kind of key uh, to what's going on in the multiverse. But we'll have to get back to that. We're taking another break. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. Stick with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And we are talking of Bigfoot and shapeshifters. 
right here. That's it. We're going to finish up uh, Mr. Anonymous's uh, question on shapeshifters. So, yes, uh, I personally think they, they it exists in some form because there is always a reason for all points in folklore. Some story or something, some, some human experience uh, started these things. And it's, it's often pretty amazing, almost frighteningly amazing how far back many of these stories go. Stories told around campfires and Cro-Magnon days or whatever might might certainly descend to us through uh, the storyteller, who before the days of books and television was uh, certainly the the be-all and end-all as far as information was concerned. Oh, yeah. So in any case, uh, these things, there's always a reason for these beliefs. And I think that, uh, you know, given the multiversal realities involved, you certainly could have something that is interpreted as shape-shifting by one or another creature. Oh, here we go back to the Devil's Hour. This is uh, from Henry in Swickley, Pennsylvania. Alrighty. Hi, Paul and Ben. I have been a uh, fan of yours for a long time, and I find your approach to the ver- paranormal very refreshing. So I was am- amazed to see you both in that video about the Devil's Hour for The Conjuring. You were uh, the most sensible in- of the investigators they interviewed, but the rest of it looked like the same old nonsense. Well, I don't want to... I don't know. I, mean, I haven't seen the film, and uh, well, I mean, there's a very simple answer to this. It's what sells. Well, but th- that's it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's see, what sells. No, and, you, and you, you sum it right up. Then. Yeah, I mean, people aren't interested. I mean, if they if they want to see us talking about what we really talk about, they'll turn tune into this show, or they'll they'll you know go to the some podcast or whatever. You know, this sort of thing. And you know, we went over this with Lloyd Orbach, a renowned uh, parapsychologist. So, you know, we don't agree with all things on, but whom we respect a great deal, like personally, and have on the, have had on the show a couple times. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lloyd uh, agrees with us that, you know, he's not in a lot of TV documentaries, because people don't want to hear the intelligent approach to this. No. They, they want no, no, no. to be um, stimulated, that they want to hear the campfire stuff. They want to be scared. It's, well, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, but because I it's just, how these people make money. Yeah, and so the, I'm sure that Conjuring, it's, it's gotten some pretty good reviews. I, I, I'll probably see it. Um, not really, oddly enough, uh, despite our work, I'm not too interested in that sort of a themed movie. However, you know, hey, you know, I mean, it's, 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 that's what sells, as Ben says, and people are entertained by it. But people should take it as entertainment. They shouldn't take it as fact. You know, ultimately, and even today, with all we've been through in this society, with the truth and stretching the truth and out and out lies, people believe whatever they see in print or they believe whatever they see on the screen. Yeah. Is that true? You're the media expert. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen some really funny – well, they're terrifying experiments, but the whole point is that they're jokes you play on people. Mm-hmm. Like on forum posts and stuff, my friend uh, told me about this one where it's like someone – went on a forum and said, hey, you want to know how you can clean your iPhone? Like, throw it in your microwave for 25 seconds. And people did it. Do you know what that does? It literally makes your microwave blow up. Oh, dear. Yeah. There was another one that was like, oh, yeah, if you um, get an an ice-cold glass. No, get a warm glass, pour some ice-cold water in it. What that does is. Cracks the glass. Yes. I've done that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I heard about it in school, and I said, nah, you know, and I went home. My, my mother had a, your grandmother had a fit. I, I put boiling water. See, it's really got to be a yeah, stream. You, I put boiling water in, in a, yep. a tall glass. Cold, it has to be cold. The glass has to be cold. Or whatever. I, yes. I, I put ice water in the glass, and that's right. I put ice water in the glass. Thank you. It's almost as if you were there. It must be ancestral memory. 
and uh, I dumped it out and immediately put put uh, boiling water from the tea kettle in there, and you know, kablooey. Oh yeah, people are stupid because someone was like, "Oh yeah, this is such a relaxing thing to do. I love doing it." And then people tried it and just cut up their hands. Like, <laughs> well, no, it didn't like blow up. It just there was a big crack appeared. Oh, so oh, oh these, some of these people, it blew up in their hands. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, really? Well, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So um, it just it just goes to show that. You can't trust anything you see on the screen. You have to look at it from 20 different points of view, and maybe you'll find a wee bit of truth in it, but more than likely you won't because you got to remember, it's all for entertainment. Yeah, it's and, all for and ratings. And that's fine. It's all for money. You know, just don't take, it, don't, take, don't take it to hard. Don't no. Take it I mean, look at, look at the History Channel. Yeah. Like, that, it's, it's, not, it's not for learning anymore. It's all for profit now. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, News I, isn't I don't the, really watch television. News isn't the news anymore because it's all for profit now. Well, you know, we, we had a, a, the Rhode Island Press Association. I used to organize some of the, the conferences. Because I had a long career in journalism. I've done a lot uh, with the uh, organized press associations. And we had a workshop one time, uh, and this is in 1980-something, is LITE, L-I-T-E, the future of news. Which it was. And or it is. certainly seems to have been the case. Well, it's not even that. It's like... Uh, news now is it, news before like in the 60s like before 60 minutes came on so prior to 1968 you had news was news departments of like big network studios was considered uh, a loss leader like they lost money on the news studios so what did they do they created packaged entertainment so which is very disconcerting it's, that's it what it is that's why that's why there's exposés and and you hear all this crap about stars and that nobody cares about. Some people care about it, but before, yeah. nobody cared about that. Well, in any case, relating that to our topic, uh, the same thing has happened in the paranormal, I suppose. Yes. If, if it ever didn't happen, L-I-T-E. Now, people don't want to see what's behind the paranormal, or yeah. some people do. We, that's our audience. So, um, we, are, we, we love every one of them because they, they tend to be intelligent and thinking people. People Indeed. want to go behind see what's really going on i feel like my goal of doing this that whole project was to at least get our point of view out there yes exactly uh, somebody might see our name look us up come to our website read the articles and say aha boy i never saw this approach before and uh maybe there's something to this so, so that's why we we did that and uh we had fun doing it there was a great great crew from uh rare icons in new york city who was doing the filming and had a great time oh yeah okay so anyway i guess we're just about done so uh, check out my books on Barnes & Noble e-reader and Amazon Kindle. And because so many have requested it, we are about to embark on an audio book project as soon as we have the time for my book and for the one Ben and I are currently working on. Stay tuned for more news on that. So visit our uh, show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over 500 free podcasts of all our past shows. Also check out our website at www.NewEnglandGhosts.com, where you can uh, find our case studies, and photos, and along with articles by my dad. And if you buy my books on either of those sites, you will keep help us keep those podcasts free. And also on our sites, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. So many thanks to our producer Brandon Jackson. And next week we will come, or we welcome, uh, former Indian Army Captain uh, Jesse Kelsey. Or yeah, yeah. yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, I don't know. I I have trouble with Indian names. Uh, for a discussion of astro numerology. So send in your questions to paul at behindtheparanormal.com or use the question form at behindtheparanormal.com. 
In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time Show on WOON 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific, every Monday. We'll leave you this evening with a thought from American author Cami Garcia. Quote, the right thing and the easy thing are never the same. Unquote. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.